Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 131 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media a content events and training platform providing success strategies and resources for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, just quickly, before we jump into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. Now, this is a 12-month online program where you have video training that teaches you everything you need to know about how to do your own PR. You can ask questions on the platform and you can also post your proposed pitches and media releases before sending them to journalists to get my feedback. You also get to jump on a monthly live group call where you can ask whatever questions you want about your business and you can get tailored help from me on anything to do with raising the profile of your brand. So it might be that I look at your website and give you some feedback or how to improve your LinkedIn profile and other marketing and PR topics. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just hop on over to veganbusinessmedia.com and you'll see a link there for Vegans in the Limelight. And now on to the main part of the show. In this episode, I interview Shauna Barker, a plant-based nutritionist in Vancouver, Canada. Shauna is also the owner, manager and in-store nutritionist at Plant Life Nutrition, Vancouver's only fully vegan health food store. She began her journey towards health and nutrition over 25 years ago when she decided to change her diet at a very young age and was determined to learn everything she could about nutrition, food science, natural health and how to thrive on a plant-based diet. Shauna graduated with honours from the University of British Columbia with a Bachelor of Science degree in Food, Nutrition and Health, as well as the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition with a Diploma in Holistic Nutrition. Between 2010 and 2013, she ran an organic farm and food truck, but then switched to focus on her nutrition business, Synergy Nutrition, full-time. Drawing from her background in both science and holistic health, she supports her clients with a comprehensive program including individualized diet, supplements and lifestyle recommendations. In this interview, Shauna discusses the challenges in making the switch to full-time nutritionist and why niching or niching in plant-based nutrition was instrumental to her success how she successfully transitioned the health food store she owns and manages into an all-vegan one, including changing the name and despite initially losing some customers, how she juggles running her nutrition business and managing the store, why location has been crucial for the business's success, why she uses both plant-based and vegan in her marketing and branding materials, The number one marketing tool she uses that brings her the best results, and it's not social media, and how she measures the success, and much more. Here's the interview with Shauna Barker from Synergy Nutrition and Plant Life Nutrition. 
Hello, Shauna, and welcome to the show. Hello, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm delighted to have you on the show. I was just saying before we came on air that it's been a little while since I've had someone from Canada on the show. So um, I'm looking forward to talking to you because you've definitely got an interesting story and something quite unique, um, which just as a little tip to listeners, I was just saying to Shauna, she pitched me really, really well. Um, and there's some pitch guidelines if you want to be on the show. And Shauna did a, a great job of um, telling me why she should be on the show um, to provide value to you. So that's wonderful. So the question I always ask everybody to kick off with, um, Shauna, is what are your drivers or your reasons for doing what you do? You've basically got a couple of businesses. You've got your nutrition business and you also run the health food store, which we're going to dig into. But first of all, just tell us what's your why? Um, I decided to become vegetarian about 27 years ago. I was 10 years old. Um, animal lover <laughs> so I can relate I, um, I was 11 yes. awesome. oh funny um yeah I just I jumped into being vegetarian I didn't really know what I was doing I was a junk food vegetarian so eating me like, too oh this know, is funny yeah, so similar that's funny um yeah I like my health wasn't terrible like during high school but it wasn't like the best so after high school, I'd always loved science, um, and I slowly transitioned to being vegan um, from a junk food vegetarian over the years. So I just really wanted to get into nutrition um, for myself so I could learn how to thrive on a vegan diet and then teach others how to do the same. Wow, great. Fantastic. So, I, I yeah, it's been that. a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> interesting though, that I think a lot of people can probably relate to that journey of yeah, vegetarian yeah. when young, you know, as an, and then yeah, the whole junk food thing. That's why I always say I was a junk food vegetarian and then I became a junk food vegan. And then eventually, because my <laughs> partner uh, was interested, she was like, Oh, I'm not sure about this vegan diet thing. So looking into yeah. it. And then because she got into the health side, and then eventually I did too. So I think sometimes it is a, a journey. I think particularly when you're doing it like we did for the animals and it's been like for me I always say well the health and the environment it's a bonus um so that's great so I, I love that now between uh, 2010 and 2013 um you had you were running an organic farm and a food truck um but then you decided um to switch to focusing on your nutrition business full-time so tell us why did you switch from that I mean that sounds kind of quite interesting running an organic farm and a food truck why did you make the change yeah it was amazing and I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think what initially drew me to starting um, the farm and the food truck was that I had been in school for seven years and I was just so sick of sitting in front of computers and like <laughs> reading books and like being heavy into like the science and research side of things. I was like, I want to go play in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's kind of like what drew me to that side of things. I think I was just like really burnt out and wanted a different lifestyle. But then I like soon, like a year or so into it, I realized I wasn't really doing what I had initially gone to school for. Um, like I was kind of 
kind of doing it on the side a little bit, but definitely the farming and the food truck took up so much time that I didn't have enough time left over to focus on the little bit of nutrition consulting that I was doing. So I just decided to commit fully to the nutrition side. Nice, nice. That makes sense, actually. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So what were some <laughs> of the challenges? So when you decided, okay, I'm going to launch the, the full-time nutrition uh, business, um, and particularly as a plant-based nutritionist as well. So tell us a little bit about what were some of the challenges were when you first made that transition and launched? Um, I think the biggest one when I initially started um, my nutrition business was not having a niche market. I had always wanted to like help everyone with every single health concern. Um, So I wasn't really marketing myself as like a specialist in plant-based nutrition or vegan nutrition, even though I was, I kind of was just like marketing myself as a general nutritionist. So not having that like specific target market in mind or niche or like specialty um, was a real like learning uh, experience. Um, And then I guess just one actually, I just because I think there's a saying in marketing terms: when you market to everyone, you're marketing to no one. Um, So I'm glad that you've you've raised that. It is important to to have a niche, whether it's your audience or your target market, or yeah, positioning yourself as a, a specialist in a particular kind of area. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't realize that at first. It's really scary because you feel like you're limiting yourself in a way. Yeah. Um, but it actually has like the opposite effect. So yeah, it's super important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how yeah. soon after you launched the nutrition business did you decide to go into that niche of plant-based nutritionist, vegan nutritionist? Um, probably a year or two, um, I would say. Yeah, so it was quite a bit of still, like quite a bit of time of just trying to um, get every sort of client. Um, But yeah, and I feel like this was maybe, yeah, around 2014. Um, Veganism wasn't as popular as it is right now in Vancouver. I don't know about like everywhere else. I think it was just yeah, I think it was right on the cusp. I think that was when it kind of kicked off a little bit, but it certainly wasn't, yeah, like the sort of uh, the level it's at now for sure. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, cool. So what about your customers then? So when you decided to go into plant-based nutrition, like did you decide to market to the vegan market? Like is it mainly vegans or vegan curious people who are coming to see you or are you getting people who just want to see a nutritionist and maybe they've heard that plant-based is is quite good? I now mostly get people who have been vegan in the past and they just felt like they didn't do it properly, like they had low energy or some digestive issues came up or they are new to it or they're curious about it and they want to try. So they're doing it more like they're slowly cutting out animal products. Um, so I would say the majority are fall into those categories, but I definitely still have a few people who like they didn't initially come see me for that. But one of the first questions I ask before I take someone on as a client is if they're open to eating more plant foods. Great. So I kind of start the conversation first. But before they come and see you. So like if they for an appointment, you would say to them, are you open to this? They say yes, then you go ahead and book the session. Yes. Oh, that's smart. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Now, as we touched on then, for the past four years, as well as doing your nutrition business, you also own and manage a health food store. And I believe your office, your clinic is 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 part of that in the same building. And what's interesting, what I, I found fascinating is that you have transitioned it to a completely vegan store. So I really love to dive a little bit into this. So tell us first of all, what, what were the cha- why did you decide to do that? And what were some of the challenges? Like um, I'm curious about customers' reactions and how you let them know it was coming and you know whether you lost business or increased business. So let's do a little bit of a, a, a dive into that. Tell us about the, the transition. Sure. Um, well, before the store was completely vegan, it there was nothing really that set us apart. It was kind of just another like health food, like supplement store. Um, and I think a lot of people are buying supplements online anyways. So it was like a slow store. Um, we're, we're in a nice like little neighborhood. It's a growing neighborhood in Vancouver. Um, but we still didn't have like the traffic that we liked that we would have liked to have. Um, and then I never felt good about having like whey protein powder and fish oils on the shelf. So it was just, it felt like a natural thing to just phase those out and replace it with like all of the vegan products that I am really um, passionate about and products that I um recommend to my clients so it's nice doing the consultations here because then we can walk out into the store and I can show them the products that I was talking about (laughs) so that makes it convenient yeah um but yeah just as soon as we went completely vegan we had we lost some customers um especially because before like when the store first opened it was more geared to sports nutrition products so I slowly like were, was phasing those out and replacing them with um, like higher quality like whole food nutrition products, and so we lost some of those customers, <laughs> but we gained way more customers in the long run. And now we're part of like a thriving, growing vegan community in Vancouver. Oh, that's amazing. That's interesting. I think that's yeah. good for people to hear because like you said, there's this kind of panic of, oh my gosh, what if we go vegan or all our customers just going to uh, leave us? But yes, you're right. Some of them will because they're no longer a fit and that's fine. But that's great to hear. Yeah. So would you say then your customers for the health food store, are they predominantly, uh, you're in a vegan friendly area, I think you said, and, that, and that's growing. So are your customers yeah. like predominantly vegans or, uh, or have you also got people who are more just kind of I guess interested in their health and don't mind the fact that it's an all vegan health store yeah I think it's maybe like 60 or 70 percent vegans that come in and then the rest are just people looking for general health products Mm, got it got it it's always interesting yeah. with that because when you imagine with a niche store like that you'd need to have a, I suppose a, a decent number of vegans like in the local area mm-hmm. willing to support you. It'll be interesting or I'll be curious to see whether it would work in a more remote area or a very a vegan unfriendly area. But obviously that, that's working for you there. So how did you yeah. how did you let people know? Um, like how do you let your customers know? Like did they just kind of come in the store and then one day it's like, oh, that product isn't there anymore? Or did you make a thing of it? Like did you tell them, by the way, we're transitioning to an all vegan store? Or did you sort of do it, mm-hmm. kind of just do it and they they just figured it out? <laughs> yeah, we kind of just did it and then we we changed the name of the store as well. Oh, did and, you? What, what was it called yeah. and what did you change it to? 
Well, it was called Quest Nutrition, and then we changed it to Plant Life Nutrition. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, oh. just to reflect more of the <laughs> our fondness of plants. <laughs> right, right. So you basically yeah. just kind of did it. And then so what would happen when you said you lost some customers? Like, Did some customers come in and go, oh, I want that whey protein product? When you say, oh, we don't stock it anymore, we're now... Uh, you know, fully plant-based? Like, did some of them get a no? Like, what were some of their reactions? I'm just curious as to what some of the reactions from customers were. I guess there were a couple who still wanted me to, like, order certain um, pre-workouts or, like, uh, different sports supplements where the one of the amino acids was sourced from chicken feathers. Ooh. So it was a product I couldn't sell anymore. Um, so a lot of it was just... Um, you know, I try to be like super polite and do like education with them. So just explaining the differences between like a plant-based protein powder and a whey-based one and just that they get all the same benefits, but even more because like less inf- inflammation in the body. Um, so a lot of people were open to hearing that. Oh, cool. I would say there was only a handful that were like, oh no, like I definitely want fish oils. I don't want the algae, EPA, DHA, even though it's exactly the same. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah so there's just there's some like education that goes on and I still get people coming in asking for like collagen or like the fish oil products um and I don't say oh no we don't carry that because we're a vegan store I say instead like with collagen for example um explaining that like when we eat the collagen protein from animals it gets broken down to, into amino acids and then that's what gets absorbed and that those amino acids can come from a variety of plant foods as well and what's more important is making sure the body has sufficient vitamin c and silica and antioxidants and all of those things that are needed for the body to rebuild collagen because when you take collagen as a supplement it doesn't magically get absorbed as collagen and go straight to your skin (laughs) i mean they try to like make it sound like that's what happens but that's not what happens um (laughs) so yeah just a lot of education and just being gentle with people and never feeling making them feel like they're unwelcomed or yeah. like yeah just we we never want to say oh no we don't have that because we're a vegan store it's like this is the alternative or so like, how would you start that conversation? Yeah. Say I've come in, I've customer, I'm like, hello, mm-hmm. uh, sure. So yeah, I'd like some collagen um yeah for my skin or whatever. What how would you actually start that conversation? Um I would show them the collagen building supplements that we have. There's two on the market in Canada right now. Um, And those are like those vitamins and minerals and antioxidants that I mentioned that are needed for like our endogenous production of collagen. Mm -hmm. So I start by showing them those products and then just kind of ask them like, oh, do you know like what happens when we digest collagen and just kind of Mm -hmm. ask them more questions about like if they know what it is that they're actually looking for um nice or with, like yeah yeah, yeah. So just, great. it's a great <laughs> education opportunity as you say totally. you know? um, yeah. and, and you say well and the majority of people are pretty kind of open to that and trying something new yeah I'd say for the most part yeah yeah cool oh all right yeah so we'll dig into the 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 marketing side of it. Oh, actually, let me ask you that now, just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. So you rebranded as Plant Life Nutrition. So what about the use of the word vegan in your marketing materials? Like, how much do you use that? 
Like, for example, in Sydney, we've got the cruelty-free shop, which is an all-vegan supermarket. And, you know, it's not afraid to use the word vegan. It makes it, it kind of quite obvious. So I'm curious, like, how much do you use the word vegan in your marketing and promotion, both for the, the store itself and also your nutrition business? Yeah, that's um, something we definitely struggled with making decisions about. Um, with the health food store, we did want to identify the store as vegan and use that terminology so we use it quite often in our like social media and branding and everything um because we wanted to go all in (laughs) with the store um with my nutrition practice it was something I really really struggled with um I made like a banner a couple years ago for a like just to have at trade shows and different events. And it took me a long time to decide whether to put plant-based nutrition or vegan nutrition on the banner and marketing material. Um, so I actually ended up using both <laughs> because I just, I, as, the, as a nutritionist who still deep down inside wants to help everyone, it was something that I wanted to use. Like I want to still market to people who consider themselves plant-based. So maybe they're not in it for like the ethical side, but maybe they're like an athlete who found their performance improved the more plants they ate or something where like they just identify more with the word plant-based versus vegan. So I don't know. It was definitely a, a hard decision. And yeah, I ended up using both for the nutrition practice, but using so vegan for the store. When you say you use both for the nutrition practice, what do you do you have two separate banners? So one with plant-based nutritionists for regular trade shows and one with vegan nutritionists for veg fests, or do you use both words on the same banner? I use both words on the same banner. Oh okay. that would have been smart too, having two separate ones. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> what about for the store then? You said you you going all in with the word vegan and particularly you mentioned mm-hmm. social media and on the website for the store. What about in the actual store itself? Because obviously it's a physical store. So what about in the window or anything like that? Like do you have anything along the lines of vegan mm-hmm. there or is it more just on the social and on your website? I think just more social and website Um, in the store, everything like says plant life. And then we have a little chalkboard sandwich board outside. So we do sometimes write vegan nutrition on there that changes up all the time. Um, But yeah, in the store, not too much um, of the word vegan around. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So how do you juggle both? Because I'm thinking basically there are, you know, there are people who are nutritionists and that's their full, that's a full-time business, you know, running that in itself and you own and manage a store. So I'm curious, how do you do both? Um, it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely someone who takes on uh, too much a lot of the time and spreads myself too thin, but um, I love it. It's, and I mean, as a vegan, I have lots of energy. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and just cause I'm past passionate about both. Um, and they're so connected. So we do host like nutrition events in the store quite often. I have one coming up about, um, addressing digestive issues, the vegan way. Um, so there's a lot of like overlap 
I would say. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine it's complementary. As you mentioned, I think you touched on earlier, if you have someone for a consult and then you can say, right, you need to take these supplements and by the way, Mm -hmm. come along and here you go and buy them. Um, And I can imagine people coming into the store and getting some supplements and they go, oh, you do nutrition consulting and book a session. So I'm imagining they're quite complementary in that way. But I'm I'm curious as to what additional staff do you have in the store? Because I'm imagining, because obviously if you're busy doing nutrition consults, there's got to be someone else in the store selling the product. So tell us a little bit about what any additional staff that you have to help you run the business and how did you know you were ready to hire them while still keeping your business sustainable in terms of costs and everything? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the store is open 11 until 6. So right now I'm in the store from Mondays to Thursdays and I'll see clients either in the morning before the store opens or at six when the store closes. Oh, okay. Um, So I do structure the clients around the store hours, um, except for Fridays. Fridays I work from home or I come and see clients here and then we have another staff um, working in the store on Fridays. Okay, got it. So just one additional member of staff. Um, We have one other staff that works Saturday, so there's three of us. Okay, right, got it, got it. All right. That's a nice balance. I was curious then. That's interesting. You've decided to keep your appointments as much as you can outside of the store hours so you can also be in the store as well. Yeah, it's just what makes Those sense. are long hours for you though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Some days can be really long. <laughs> and do you, work, so do you work Monday through Saturday yourself or do you, do you have a break? On I time? don't work Saturdays anymore. Oh, okay. I did that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> You have Saturdays just, and Sundays as a, as, as a break or yes. think, oh, that's good. Okay, fantastic. It sounds like you've yeah. got it really well set up there. I think that's, that's yeah. fantastic. So um, Cloud Curiosity, how has the business been, or the, both the businesses, I guess, been funded to date? Um, when I first started my business, so this was in 2010, um, I was still under the age of 35. So I was able to obtain a loan through the Canadian Youth Business Foundation. Um, so they just help uh, fund like young entrepreneurs in Canada. Um, and then it's just, yeah, it's been mostly just self, like um, the st- like everything funds itself. So I haven't had to take out other loans or anything right because it's an interesting because yeah. one of the reasons I ask is you've got a physical store and I know in any major mm-hmm. city you know the cost of uh having a store whether you own it or you rent it um and all that those outgoings plus you have physical products on shelf so you've got to be shifting them because obviously yeah. you want the products you've got to shift them so that, that's why I'm, I'm kind of curious um uh, around that that yeah and obviously you know budgets can often um mm-hmm. yeah go, go over yeah I I don't bring in like large quantities of stuff. I've kind of gotten into the groove of like just replacing what sells. So there isn't too many products that end up uh, expiring, which is nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I kind of tailor it to how busy we are. Right, right. Got it. 
got it awesome fantastic now i notice you also do as well as your in-person consultations for people who obviously live near or around the area or can easily get to you in person you also uh, do online consulting services so i'm imagining that broadens you out to a, a much wider market or makes you more available to a wider market potentially even internationally um so how, how important is that for the success of your business um and just tell us a bit about how that works in terms of online and yeah where your customers are coming from yeah my customers are still uh predominantly in british columbia um some even are in vancouver or just outside vancouver but prefer to have the consultation over skype or zoom um so it's yeah it just comes down to the personal preference if they want to come into the store or not um uh, yeah, I, I could potentially um, market internationally or even to the rest of Canada, um, but I don't know if it's because my website comes up as a Vancouver nutritionist or like I used to, my farm and food truck were in Victoria, um, and then I used to teach nutrition at a college in Victoria, so I have clients um, from coming from there as well. But yeah, mostly everyone is in British Columbia. Right, got it. and that's enough to yeah. obviously sustain your business with what, what the consulting, the online, and what, so what's the majority? Would you say the majority of your clients are coming in store? What what sort of percentage would you say are online? Um, I think a lot of people still prefer in person, so mm. the majority is in person. I'd say maybe twenty or thirty percent is online. Yeah, got it. No, that yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Fantastic. So you, how did you initially, when you um, were launched or even now, how did you initially attract customers? So I'm just curious about what marketing and PR strategies you used when you first launched both the businesses and what you currently use and what's most effective at the moment. I've, I started out doing a lot of free public presentations and different events um, just to get my name out there. And there's something to be said for like meeting people in person. It's that no like trust factor. Um, so the more I can get out in front of an audience, um, the more my business grows. So I'm really into speaking at different events, whether it's ones that I am organizing or that I've been invited to come and talk at. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. I mean, Which, social what media. Kind of event, what kind of events would you talk at then? Can you give a couple of examples? Sure. Like I've uh, spoken at raw food potlucks, um, celiac associations, um, for professional cycling clubs. Oh, cool. um, yeah, different uh, for the RCMP. <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's the been, police force, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, yeah. Police force in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Just we got an international audience. I'm just checking. Yes. Like, I'm thinking, what's that? And then it would pop into my head. Oh, it's interesting. So that's yeah. quite diverse. They've obviously been open mm -hmm. to having you. So, what do you get out of it? Obviously, you get there. You get to speak there, and you obviously you can put that on your website that you've spoken at these events. So that's good for credibility. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious. Like, are you allowed to say collect? people's email addresses so that you can continue to market them so I'm curious how you measure the results of that um, in terms of say how many clients you get out of it 
for example, because I assume you're, you maybe you're, for some of those, you're going to be speaking for free to raise your profile. Um, so I'm curious, yeah, how do you kind of measure the success of that? Um, I'd say most events I do have, um, a sign up for my emails. Oh, okay. So that's a way that I stay in touch with them or I'll do a promotion for after the event. Um, like we were just, we just had a booth at the first annual Vancouver vegan festival. Um, so that was on Saturday and I was selling my, um, vegan pregnancy guides for 50% off. They're just like online um, little booklets. So I can measure kind of like the sales of that. Right. So yeah, either by collecting the email addresses and then continuing the relationship with the people through email or by having a promotion at the end. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I just want to focus on that to let people know that because often people go, oh, um, why would I speak without being paid? But there are some instances where it can really work out well as long as there's a win for you in it. And like you say, collecting people's email addresses because then you've got a permanent relationship with them. You can continue to speak with them because not everybody's going to be ready to you know, book your service or buy a product, but they may well down the track and you don't want to mm -hmm. um, lose them. So I think that's a really good idea to position yourself yeah. as an expert and do those talks, demonstrate your expertise. Like you said, when people meet up with you in person um mm -hmm. you know they can get to know like and trust you and, and feel confident in you and I think particularly in the health arena um people want that that confidence they do with everything but I think probably maybe mm -hmm. extra so in the health side of things I also recommend as well videoing yourself like or getting someone to video you even if it's just on your phone I've certainly started to do that more often with my own talks because then you can put those mm -hmm. up on your website and um on your social media and uh, even more people can can uh, yeah get can see your expertise so that's fantastic now there's more and more uh, vegan nutritionists you know more of plant-based nutritionists and health professionals um, entering the market how do you go about standing out and retaining um, customers yeah um, I don't know what it's like in Australia but in Canada the word nutritionist isn't regulated so mm -hmm. we can have someone take like an online one month course and call themselves a nutritionist. So um, part of like what I like to focus on um, in terms of like my marketing is explaining um, my education. So I went like I have a science degree in nutrition from the University of British Columbia and I went to a natural nutrition school to become a registered holistic nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And that's a one year program. So not a lot of people, not a lot of other nutritionists here have both. Um, so I did heavy, heavy like science um, as part of my education. So that kind of sets me apart. And then just I've been vegan for about 18 years now. Um, so just <laughs> let people know that I've made every mistake possible so I've learned from my mistakes and I can help them avoid those same mistakes <laughs> um, so I think just like the experience and the education um, yeah 
can help set me apart yeah yeah fantastic that makes sense it's always good to because you know when a market starts to get crowded it's always good to be able to even though you know we're quote not technically in competition with other you know vegan Mm -hmm. professionals because there's enough work to go around but it's it's good to have those uh points of difference um and i know there's some health professionals who specialize in treating a particular condition um like i've had dr brooke goldner um on the show um, and she very much specializes in uh auto immune diseases like lupus which she recovered from through plant-based um, health and she's made her business around that um so there's different ways that yeah people yeah. differentiate i was um i was listening to her webinars this week actually all oh, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah she's great <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> yeah. so you've been running your own business i say from the organic the farm the food mm-hmm. truck managing health food store um both an online and a, an in-person uh, plant-based nutrition business what advice would you give to people who are maybe listening to the show and they think, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to run my own business, but they're perhaps, you know, in a day job, either full-time or part-time. Um, mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? What would be the things, the key things they need to do to take into account before making that leap from employment to business owner? Um, if they can invest in a business coach from like the beginning um, I think that is really valuable just to some someone that can put you on the right track, keep you accountable, provide motivation because yeah. um, it can be hard working for yourself. Um, you can either like eat, overdo it and like burn out and like you're spreading yourself too thin like I did for many years um, <laughs> or you are or you're struggling to like, you know, make an Instagram post and find the momentum to keep going. So I think having um, a business coach is very valuable. Um, having a niche market. So really um, figuring out who your target market is yeah. before you get started um yeah and just know that there's no one else like you so maybe you're feeling that you're you want to get into something that you feel the market is already saturated with people doing what you want to do but no one is you so don't be afraid to start and just market yourself as like who you are yeah absolutely. <laughs> that makes sense yes, it does the whole yeah, <laughs> okay. being authentic I know it's a bit of a buzzword yeah. but it's true people yeah. want that authenticity now you just touched on something there where you said about the social media um mm-hmm. and obviously you know you're already pretty busy like you say you've got your clients before you open the store then you're in the store mm-hmm. then you've got clients after you run the store. so how do you manage social media is it something you outsource or do you do it yourself and if you do it yourself how do you build that in like do you schedule things I'm just curious how you you fit that side of things in because there's other things involved in running a business well it's not just turning up and seeing the clients or running the store there's also Mm -hmm. you know obviously the bookkeeping you know and the accounts and the ordering of this there's all of those kind of things Mm -hmm. and there's social media on top of it so I'm just curious how do you handle that um it is really difficult and social media is something I struggle with for a long time um I just made an Instagram post about the digestion event maybe last week. But before that, I think my last post was in March. So it's hard. Like it's, I need to hire someone Um, for the store. I, my sister actually works here on Fridays. So she's the other staff and she, um, she does business coaching for people like for young women entrepreneurs and she helps a lot with like the social media for the store. Uh-huh. So it's kind of, we all share 
the store's um, social media, the three of us. Got it. And Got then it. with my Synergy Nutrition, I mean, it's, I still struggle with for sure. Yeah, Just, yeah. It's a full-time job in and of itself. It, it so. is. It can yeah. be for sure. No, I know. Yeah. I get it. Got it. Um, so what yeah. would you say have been the key lessons you've learned through running your various businesses, whether those are personal things you've learned about yourself mm-hmm. um, or professional or both? I think what I've learned about myself is that I tend to take on too much Um, I'm not good at delegating. I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I feel like (laughs) I, yeah, I'm not good at like handing out tasks to other people. Um, I feel like from school and just like being a student for so long and like working under pressure with deadlines, either studying for a test or writing a paper, I feel like I work better under pressure, but that's not necessarily a good thing, especially for (laughs) my adrenals. (laughs) So yeah, um, making sure to uh, uh, taking care of my health is definitely a priority. Yeah. Um, so trying not to do that as much. <laughs> I get it. I could relate to that. I tend because my background's journalism and I've always worked well with deadlines. What I will do is for safety, if I've got to interview a load of people, I will do that well in advance because, I, and then, but once I've done it, if I've got like a month before the deadline, I probably won't write it until like a day or a couple of days before because I've got all the information. But the yeah. actual writing of it, for some reason, I, I typically, I feel like, I think partly it's because you feel like you can't procrastinate. Like there is no time to sit there going, oh, but am I a good writer? What will people, th-? there's no time for that. It's like, you know, your editor's yeah. waiting for the thing and, you know, you're going to look really, really bad if you don't get it in on time. So it kind of yeah. forces those negative thoughts out of the way. So I suppose there's a strategy there, but like you say, yeah. Yeah, you've got to balance it with, uh, yeah, not pulling too many all-nighters and, and, and yeah. wrecking your health. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be, just final question to wrap up, Shauna, what's mm-hmm. your, what's your long-term vision for both yourself and your brands um long-term vision definitely having um more uh passive income streams so things like meal plans or programs or um like right now I have the vegan pregnancy guides. So that's something where I invested a ton of time and energy in upfront and then the work is done and then I can perpetually mm-hmm. like sell them online. Nice. So just setting more of that up. Um, and yeah, I liked, I love traveling. I don't like the cold or the winter. So just setting up my Prince business. Canada. I, have, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so I usually go away for the winter. Oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I know Canada has some very bitter winters. So yes. that's why I chuckled when you said that. I'm like, you live in Canada. That makes sense. Go away for the winter. That's amazing. So what and even like, well, that's curious because yeah. your business seems to be, as you mentioned, quite physical based. So what happens when you go away for the winter? Do you just like, uh, do other people run the store while you're away? And then do you either do online consulting or do you literally just take a break and, and not see nutrition clients until you come back? Yeah, I have wonderful staff that takes care of the. Even though I'll still be placing the orders and answering the emails and doing a lot of like whatever I can do remotely for the store, I do that okay. in a way. Right. So I'm constantly working when I'm like in Mexico, for example, <laughs> um, <laughs> like somewhere hot. Um, and then with my nutrition 
clients. We'll do just the online, the Skype meetings. Um, when I make custom meal plans for people, everything is just through email anyways. They just right. fill out a questionnaire and I get working on their meal plan. Um, and then I cook for different um, yoga retreats uh, while I'm away. So mm-hmm. just, yeah, I mean, as a nutritionist and entrepreneur, it's, it's um, you can usually find um, things to work on. <laughs> oh, definitely, so, definitely. Stay yeah. busy, yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, <clears throat> obviously, we'll point people to your uh, your various websites. And um, it's been really great speaking with you, Sean. I really appreciate you sharing your insights, particularly, um, yeah, the transition from a standard store to a vegan one. I know that's because that can be make or break. I mean, I certainly know of, of vegan business owners who have tried to do something similar, not with a health food store that I know of, but mm-hmm. certainly with um, like a um, more of an independent supermarket um, and then trying to, you know, get rid of the meat products and all this and, and veganize. And sometimes it can work and sometimes, unfortunately, it hasn't. And I think potentially location, I think, is is important. Like we mentioned, you know, you're in quite a vegan friendly area, um, but it's been, been really helpful to, um, yeah, to hear that. So very much appreciate your insights. And um, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So that was Shauna Barker from Synergy Nutrition and Plant Life Nutrition. You can find out more at synergynutrition.ca and plantlifenutrition.ca. And those links are on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 131. Now for some vegan business news highlights. Another vegan product has gained investment on the popular US TV show Shark Tank. Sammy Kobrosley struck a deal with Mark Cuban for $250,000 for a 5% stake of his vegan pork rind snack company, Snacklins. While Kobrosley initially offered a 2% stake, he recognised the value of having a strategic partner like Cuban on his team. Kabrosley also revealed the company sold $200,000 worth of product in 2018 and was aiming to finish this year, that's 2019 if you're listening in the future, with sales of more than $2 million. Kabrosley also noted that he only owns 30% of the company as he gave a 10% stake to each original employee, something Cuban expressed approval of and that angel investors and family members also have a stake. I love, love, love seeing vegan companies getting deals on Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, which is the UK equivalent. Cuban, who said he recently became vegetarian, also invested in vegan dog food company Wild Earth earlier this year. It's fantastic seeing high-profile and influential investors get on board with vegan products to endorse them and give them the promotion and availability to a much wider audience. I'm also loving the continued veganizing of popular animal-based products. While Snacklins is removing pigs from pork rinds, another vegan startup, Geltor, has signed a multi-million dollar deal with leading collagen manufacturer, Galita, to commercialise the world's first animal-free collagen by late 2020, reports Veg News. 
Since launching in 2015, Gelter has been creating vegan proteins via a plant-based fermentation process to create products that mimic their animal-based counterparts, including collagen, which is a component of gelatin. Last year, it raised $18.5 million in Series A funding, which Galita was part of. The startup's aim is to scale up production to completely replace animal-based collagen, which is present in a number of everyday products, including food, beauty items, uh, vitamins, confectionery, and more. How great is this? I've been following Gelter's journey, and this is a really good example of how a vegan business that's creating solutions to remove animals from the production chain can partner with an open-minded larger corporation to help them get there. Fantastic. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.